0: Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. You've joined a global movement of sales professionals who are dedicated to being authentic and building trust. We call it Selling from the Heart. Together, we are on a mission to bring sincerity and substance to the sales profession we all love. Get ready to be inspired and equipped as we join our hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy.
1: Are you ready to take your career to the next level one of the best
2: ways we found to do that is to surround yourself with like-hearted sales professionals and we've heard that saying you're the sum of the people that you hang out with well if you want to hang out with some sales professionals that also want to take their career to the next level and believe in selling from the heart we invite you to join us in the selling from the heart insiders group
1: This is a weekly gathering of like-hearted, like-minded sales professionals and sales leaders. We truly build community each and every week.
2: One of our favorite things is our up close and personal with thought leaders, former podcast guests, and people that challenge us to grow in sales. We would like you to join us for our next up close and personal. Just go to sellingfromtheheart.net slash free dash pass. That's sellingfromtheheart.net slash free dash pass. And we look forward to seeing you in the Selling from the Heart Insiders group. Hello, and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart Podcast. your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Uh,
1: what Hey, Daryl, what isn't going on? Great seeing you. We're in for an absolute treat today on the Selling from the Heart podcast.
2: Ah, uh, just get ready. Elizabeth Dixon is in the house with the strength of purpose. We're going to have an amazing conversation today. The year's off to a great start. And I just want to say, uh, thank you to everybody who has been signing up and getting engaged with the Daily Dose of Inspiration. We said it in the first episode of the year, Larry. Right now, we need to stay fired up and focused. And I am so grateful that you put this Daily Dose of Inspiration together every single day. It's delivered fresh like your morning <laughs> newspaper back in the day. See, this is, this is in place of that newspaper that used to get right. delivered to your house. Now you get the Daily Dose
1: of Inspiration. I mean, you know what? I'm going to date myself, Daryl. I like to smell of newspaper on my fingers, but nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, every single day you get a fresh dose of inspiration. It's something I think about every day. I always end with an action item, something for you to think about just to inspire you throughout the day.
2: So go to sellingfromtheheart.net slash daily or click the link in the show notes and you get your daily dose of inspiration and go ahead when you sign up, share it as well with other folks in your office, and maybe even your clients. Let's keep the world inspired. One of the things that keeps me inspired, Larry, is the incredible community here at Selling from the Heart.
1: You know, absolutely. And there's one person I just have to give a shout out to, and she's near and dear to us here at Selling from the Heart, and that's Jerry Kleeman. So if you don't know who Jerry is, reach out and connect her on LinkedIn. She's an active member inside our insiders group. Jerry, you are a true Selling from the Heart champion.
2: I'll second that. We love you, Jerry. And everybody in the Selling from the Heart community, such a great place. And today, we are delighted to host Elizabeth Dixon. She's a dynamic business leader, a serial entrepreneur. She's not just a strategist, but a storyteller, inspiring action through her engagements around the world and in her books, including The Power of Customer Experience and her latest book, The Strength of Purpose. Her experience spans across renowned brands like Disney and Chick-fil-A, enriched by mentorships from industry leaders like Dan Cathy. As the Executive Director of the Trillith Foundation and a veteran in founding and scaling business, Elizabeth combines strategy, innovation, and personal development to guide entrepreneurs and sales professionals. And we are going to have a fantastic conversation today. Elizabeth, welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast. It's great to have you here.
0: Great to be here. Thanks for having me.
2: Uh,
1: We're in for a treat. Great seeing you, Elizabeth. Thank you.
0: Great to be here.
2: Yeah. And you know the question, every guest in the Selling from the Heart podcast answers, and that is, Elizabeth, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart?
0: I think because heart is involved in it, I think it's about authentically inviting others into something that's meaningful. So I think authentic, when it comes from the heart, it has to be genuine. And I think inviting people into something, you know, when Larry and I were talking a few months back, but just about how it's about the heart piece. It's not about just sales to make a sale, but it's about inviting others into something that truly is meaningful and valuable for them. So that's what it means to me.
1: I love it. And you used a word that's near and dear to us here at Selling from the Heart, and that's authentic. Because mm-hmm. it's a subtitle of Selling from the Heart is how your authentic self sells you. By the way, I heard it was according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, the word of the year in 2023. So, yes. Thank you for bringing that to the forefront, Elizabeth.
0: Hey, it's my pleasure.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, there you go.
2: That's beautiful. Well, hey, huge congratulations on your latest book, The Strength of Purpose. This is, I just from the title, it is right in the wheelhouse of everything um, our community cheers for, stands for, believes in right here at Selling from the Heart. So I love, uh, we just want to say congratulations and the strength of purpose. Tell us a little bit about the book and and what was on your heart as you began to put this together.
0: Hmm. So for me, it started from a painful season. I think that... um, Books can come from a lot of places for people, but for me, it was a shakeup, as I would call it, a really challenging, hard season in life. And what I realized through that season was I was defining my purpose by things that, A, I couldn't control, and two, I wouldn't be proud of when I was 80 years old, sitting on a rocking chair, um, chatting with my grandkids. And so it invited me, that season did, into a really hard Um, facing some realities for myself of what truly was my purpose. And how could I put a better definition to that? I didn't have a lot of great resources at the time. So it was a lot of journaling and reflection and kind of asking myself some questions. So after then fast forward, that was about five years ago, fast forward to after writing the customer experience book, I started to think about the fact that you can have a great culture and you can have a great customer experience and you can be pursuing innovation and all of these wonderful things to help you grow as a business. But if the fact was true that only 25% of people could articulate their purpose in life, then there was a huge missed opportunity. And it's interesting to me. I'm not a scientist. I haven't proven this. But I find it interesting that the percentage of disengaged people and the percentage of people who cannot articulate their purpose is very similar. And so I got to thinking, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's a missed opportunity. And what if, You know, 25% of people, what if 75% of people knew their purpose? What if only 25% of people couldn't articulate it? What if 75% of people were engaged in their work? What could happen as our culture? So that's where the synergy between, yes, we want to understand the power of customer experience, which is creating an impact on people's lives Mm -hmm. while growing our business. Mm -hmm. But if we could help our people bring their purpose to their work and not extract their purpose from their work, not only will we help them while they're at work, but as they transition seasons and retire and move on to what's next, their purpose remains the same. And they won't go through a challenging a challenging cycle of questioning, like, what is my purpose?
1: It, I, I, I love this stuff, Elizabeth. And I'm sitting here as I'm listening to you. The first things that are rolling through my head that that kind of run in the train tracks of purpose is why, right? Mm -hmm. Uncovering somebody's why. Are are there, in your opinion, are there similarities? So, right, it's one thing to understand your purpose. And I think, does it run in the same tracks as unpacking your why?
0: I think so. And I love, like, Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, was transformational for me from a business perspective because it was very focused on understanding your why Mm -hmm as a business. But when I had to extrapolate that into my why, and I agree with you, I would say that purpose is defined by why you exist. I was at um, Aspen Institute and they had a session about purpose and they defined it as your reason for being. And I think those two, why you exist and your reason for being are two excellent ways of describing what purpose is. It's different than identity. It's different than mission. It's different than vision. It's different than values. All those things play in and integrate in. But purpose is super unique. And that's why I think it is the foundation for our lives. And it's important to be able to have that definition for our foundation. Otherwise, we might know what we want to do, who we are, where we're going. But if we don't understand why, then when the life storms come, it's going to rock us just like it rocked me five years ago. Mm.
2: Mm, Yeah. I want to go back to something that you said that I just want to stick a highlighter on. You said so many people try to get their purpose from work rather than bringing their purpose to work. That's mind blowing. And I think that might be that while that's true across the entire enterprise, it's probably epidemic among salespeople Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of ways. And I'm curious when you think about this concept of bringing your purpose to work rather than getting your purpose from work. Where's the ditch in getting your purpose from work? And how can you make that shift to bringing your purpose to work?
0: Mm. For me, it was sneaky. It was very subtly and slowly happening that I started to define my purpose by the work I was doing. And again, I started at Chick-fil-A when I was 21. And so that aging, that development maturing process for me as an individual was happening while I was in this career setting. So I can kind of look back and go, I understand how that happened. But I think it can even happen to me today if I'm not keeping myself very clear on what my purpose is as a person. And this is what was interesting. At this conference I was at, there were 3 CEOs of major global brands that were asked, what is your purpose? And, you all know, I was so excited. I thought, I cannot wait because I'm passionate about this topic. I cannot wait to hear what they're going to say. It's going to be so good. All three of them answered the question with their job description. Mm. Ooh. Someone raised their hand at the end. He's a famous author. He raised his hand and he stood up and he very patiently said, I'm a bit confused. The moderator asked you at the beginning, what is your personal purpose? And what I heard was your organization's purpose and your job description. And I thought, here we go. They get a second mm. chance to answer this. And again, you know, they're going to wade in the vulnerable waters. We're going to go there. I'm so excited. Yeah. Then, a younger guy from um, another country raised his hand and he said, I'm 27. What was your purpose when you were 27? And if you didn't have it, when you craft it. And then it's like, I mean, we're going there. Like they're told they didn't go there and everything in me wanted to stand up and say, if you got a call today and you lost your job, Mm -hmm. what is your purpose? And I think work is important for a lot of us. I love work. I hope that I work all of the days of my life. I love contributing. I love adding value. I love using my mind in that way. But that is not my purpose. That is a stage for me. It's an expression, like a stage of life. It's a way for me to express the gifts I've been given. And it's a way for me to bring my purpose into something. But it isn't my Purpose. And so I think an easy way you said, where's the ditch? I think the ditch comes really subtly. And I think it's a death of a thousand paper cuts. I think it's slowly mm-hmm. it's etching away at us. And we start defining success. And we start taking our purpose from our work and our performance. And it becomes mm-hmm. about our contributions. And it's more about the outcomes and the performance. And then you add stress and anxiety onto that. And it becomes a really... Um, a really overwhelming place to be. And so I think the easiest thing for us to do is to be able to pull up our gaze and look over the entirety of our life. Think back to those things when we were little, when the the passions, the natural gifts that were expressed, the things that we wanted to do and grow up to be. What was our purpose from that moment all the way through to the end of our life, our purpose can transcend all of those stages of life, all of those seasons of life. And I think where it really starts to help us when we have a purpose that does transcend all those is when we go through those big stage changes, when the kids go off to college, when we change careers, when we lose that job, when we retire, all of these different stages of our life, our purpose can transcend those. We take it with us and then we bring it to our next thing. Instead, when we extract our purpose from our work, We're shaken when something happens because we have so much identified why we exist and sometimes even who we are by that very thing.
1: Oh, mm. this, this is so good, Elizabeth. And thank you for sharing. And, and, you know, speak to the, we have a wide variety of, you know, our audience is global and it's sales leaders and it's executives and it's sales professionals that are out there that are going, I get this. I get what you're throwing down, Elizabeth, but I have a difficult time really uncovering what that is. What mm. is my purpose? Can you coach our listeners on what would be a good couple, just quick things that they can start thinking about? To go, you know, especially since we're here, we're, we're starting off 2024 and mm-hmm. might give them a sense of direction and where they can take 2024 is coach, a, coach our listeners through where they can go to start uncovering their purpose.
0: Yes, absolutely. So in the book, I have five main questions that I propose to everyone. And these became the five questions that I asked myself mm. in that really hard season. And what they can come down to, and they're all in the book, and there's a handbook too that goes with it, because so much of this is self-reflection and it's processing. Mm. Um, but I think two things. One, will give you the questions. But the other is this thought that especially in sales... I think it can be easy to feel like you're only as good as your last sale. Mm-hmm. I think it's super important to remember that you are not your sales. You're like You are not your performance. And when you bring your purpose and your gifts into something, it's a very different equation than, than taking your value, taking your purpose from something. That's the first thing. Once we kind of go, hey, I get that some of the questions to ask yourself are what are some of the gifts, the natural gifts and strengths that you have? The gifts that you have are probably ones that you might not be aware of because so often we take for granted the gifts we have. I always have because it's like, well, everyone can do that. Everyone's wired to start a new business. Another. Mm-hmm. I learned that in college. I thought, oh, I I just thought that's what people do. Like, uh, that's, no, that's something that's unique to me. And so the more we understand our gifts, the more we understand what are those topics that shake us, those things, they might be injustice related. They might be things we're just passionate about and we talk a lot about. What are those topics we want to read about and listen to more things about? What are those things that we naturally are leaning toward All of these questions, these five questions, they are a guide to help you think about what is it that is my purpose? Why do I exist? And then in the book, there's some templates to say, hey, here are ways to put it in sentence form. You can make it whatever you want, but you have to be able to remember it. At Chick-fil-A, our corporate purpose was to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that's entrusted to us and to have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. And that was written in 1982 when chicken sales were going through the roof, when interest rates were at 22% and Truett had just taken out a $10 million loan to build the corporate office building. And it was a tough, tough time because sales for the first time were going down. And Mm -hmm. the Executive committee went away to Lake Lanier and they sat down and they asked the question, why do we exist as a company? And so for those that are listening and they're like, that sounds like a great thing to uncover when I'm in a healthier place and it's not so hard. You don't understand. Mm -hmm. I've been able to bring in the income for my family that I have for the past few years. I'll get to that when I'm in a better place. Now is actually the best time because it's when you can become the most raw and the most real. And actually, it's in that season of an obstacle and challenge that you're going to come up with language that will help sustain you and guide you and truly be that strength and that foundation for you to move through all of the future seasons and stages that are to come.
2: Oh wow. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat leaning into this. It's so, so powerful. I just want to just say continue. <laughs> so in the moment on this conversation, I think what you're talking about here is extremely pivotal. What happens? What what advice would you give to a sales professional or sales leader who is looking at this going, okay, I've started the work. Um, I've started to uncover my why I'm, I'm, I'm tuning into my purpose, but I'm beginning to realize that either a, my purpose isn't aligning with the company I work with Mm. or b the company I work with just doesn't have a purpose other than, you know, sell some more stuff. Like what would you say to somebody who is, who's in a situation like that? Because I think that's actually um, sadly extremely common. Uh, yep. out there.
0: Yep, absolutely. I think the first step is knowing, okay, so what is mine? I think mm-hmm. it's, it can be... Because I've worked in brands like that where the purpose on the wall is not really the purpose. It says something right. aspirational, but it's like, no, it is it is to make other people money. Like That is our purpose. I can tell because that's the decisions that we're making. Thankfully, Chick-fil-A wasn't like that at all. But I think we have to take enough ownership and responsibility to go, okay, so what's mine? Because mm-hmm. I can't align mine to another company if I don't know mine. And that's, I think, the danger in a lot of the younger generations that mm-hmm. are coming up. They are expecting their company to give them their purpose. Mm-hmm. And I am an extremely dangerous place to be because I've had so many friends recently retire and to watch them walk through this very bumpy season of wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Like I have, I have defined myself by this work, and now I don't know what I'm doing, and the amount of disease that comes, and it, it's not, it's not who a lot of us want to be, and so I think it's dangerous when we start to define ourselves by our work. So the first thing to your question is, okay, so what's my purpose? And then the second is to go, so where is that existing in the world? Sales is something that's needed everywhere. So where is that kind of purpose that I can align into and then bring my purpose to that bigger purpose? Then that's so fun because you're bringing your reason for being into a bigger reason for being that you get to be a part of something that's way bigger than you ever could have been a part of by yourself. And when you find that sweet spot, then I think that is the, that's the true win. And then the other thing is like, and if you can't find it, maybe it's an invitation for you to start something in that place. Mm -hmm. There's an opportunity there for you to build and create something that others can be a part of.
1: And you know what I like, Elizabeth, about what you just said, and and I really, really, really believe this, is all too often as salespeople, and I'll even say for that matter, sales leaders, we hide behind our companies. Mm. we hide Mm. behind our titles and I said you know what y'all are much more than that it's time Mm. that you step in front of your titles Mm. and in front of the company and connect to your values and your purpose and why you do the things you do because I think a lot of times we get and let's just face it some some of us just get squashed by our titles we live and thrive for the titles and then we hide behind them and we just become the title and we're a lot more than the title
0: Yes. yes And, you know, the people who love us the most don't care about our title.
1: Exactly. It, it, it was so interesting because I just recently got into a conversation, though it was a social conversation, and I just said, why can't we just do away with titles? Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand maybe They're at an executive level are. there has to be titles, but, mm-hmm. you know, when we hide when we hide behind, oh, man, I can't wait to get that VP of sales title on my business card or something like that. You're much more than that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah more than that. And when we get to spend time with those who have more life perspective than we do, that's not what they're talking about. Yeah. You no, know, our, the, the beautiful hearts and souls of the 80 year olds around us are not saying like, you know what I need to do? I, I am striving for more. No, it's there's so much more of perspective and relationship and what truly matters. And I think that's a whole thing towards the end of the book. There's a whole chapter on defining success. And what I realized in my time, my challenging time, I was defining success by compensation, titles, and promotion. But if you ask me what mattered most to me, it was being a mother to my two children and being a wife to my husband. And those can be at odds with each other because when I have to make decisions about how I'm spending my time Mm -hmm. and how much mental energy I'm putting towards things and how much how present I am with the people who matter to me. Those are at odds and they're competing with each other. And I had to dismantle my ladder of success and go, okay, it's not about compensation and title and promotion and for others to to think that I'm important. And this is interesting. You guys have probably read Arthur Brooks and some of his
2: Yes. Yep. No, One yep. yep. awesome. favorite book of the last year. Yeah.
0: Yes. And so he has studied happiness and has, has shown that in our culture so often we want to be so special. And in our efforts to be so special, we're actually chasing a pursuit that's going to lead us to such unhappiness. Mm-hmm. But if we can become at peace with the fact of, I know who I am, and I know why I exist, and I know the value that I bring, and I'm not going to get wrapped around the axle around things that, when I'm 80, I'm going to look back on and be like, that that wasn't really all that important.
2: <laughs> yeah, I love this, and I'm thinking just in in back over my career as a sales professional, and and so many sales professionals I know, we. We got started in this profession because we wanted to make money. Let's you know. Let's just be honest. We saw this as a a great way to um, accelerate um, our careers and, and all of that. And and I think they're just like Arthur Brooks um, in his book that there is a moment where I think you have um, you've hit your goals year after year. You're comfortable. You know you you're you're there. And I I think there is there's such incredible power in hitting the pause button and going into this mode season, even of self-reflection and, and saying what's really important to me and Mm. how can I align my, what I do, what I sell, what I advocate for, Um, you know, is that possible? And, and I think the answer is yes. And I I think that a lot of people would be much more healthy if, if they did that introspection and, and realign themselves in what their career is.
0: Great chance that most folks in sales got into it because they have competitive blood in their body. And that is a good thing. I think it's the difference between being defined by the sales and using the sales as a way to keep competitive score. You know, you think of professional athletes, they're not walking out on the field like, I don't know, we might win, we might lose, we'll see. They probably won't be on that team because their owners want players who are passionate for the team and passionate to win. Mm -hmm. I think that's a beautiful thing. But the players or whatever our roles are, when we define ourselves by the outcome that's when it gets to be a dangerous piece opposed to going, no, 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 no. I know how I'm defining myself. I know how I'm defining my purpose. I'm going to bring all of that incredible energy into a competitive space. And I'm going to use the sales to keep score and have fun instead of a stressor and a definer for who we are.
1: Oh, hey, Daryl, this is so good. I can, Elizabeth, you, you got to keep going with all this stuff. I got I to ask you a question before, we, before I wrap up our time together. And, and so, oh, man, I got to go back to Chick-fil-A because so many people look up to Chick-fil-A, you know, as a business and things like that. If you look back at your tenure at Chick-fil-A, what were the three things that helped you become the person you are today by your time at Chick-fil-A? I'm just curious.
0: Mm, that's a great question. I think there is such a gift of mentorship in the culture of Chick-fil-A and the number of people that poured into me, such an open door kind of policy. I remember uh, public speaking was something I was passionate about in um, ever since I was little. Actually, my parents gave me this Fisher Price kitchen set and I used it to preach behind with a little pink New Testament. <laughs> Six years old. They're like, uh, ironing board. Actually. Uh, <laughs> and I would bang on it and preach. But um, when I got to uh, Chick-fil-A, I thought, you know, I want to see if I can do something with this interest that I have. And there's a gentleman who just retired this summer named Mark Miller. And he's written a number of books, co-authored with Ken Blanchard. And then he wrote a bunch. Mm-hmm. Of them. And I asked him one day in the cafe where we would grab lunch. I said, Mark, could I have an hour of your time to learn from you about speaking? And he said, absolutely. We set up time. And at the end of that hour, he asked me two questions. He said, what can I do for you? And then he said, when are we meeting next? And for Mm. 10 years, he met with me once a month and he Mm. would create my talks. He would take me to his talks. He gave me talks he couldn't do. He poured into me. And I have a list of people that did that, whether they knew it or not. Um, and they were as blatant as, as he was. So that was huge of people pouring into me. Um, Dan Cathy, who I work for now, and he's the chairman of Chick-fil-A at this point, um, his belief in me. I had a number of people that believed more in me than I saw in myself. And that not only empowered me, but it also created a tremendous amount of loyalty um, because I think there's a power when you have an advocate that believes in you and calls you to something bigger mm-hmm. than you see in yourself. Um, it creates a loyalty there. So mentorship, uh, others believing in me, and I think the gift to be able to be a part of something bigger than mm-hmm. I could ever be a part of on my own. I think that taps into a lot of what's important to me and a part of my purpose. Um, but that is a part of what made me who I am. And now working for Dan on in movie studio land and on philanthropy work and all of that, it's important that I bring all of that into the mm-hmm. thrill world I think that that's critically important. So those would be the three that I'd say. Oh. oh,
2: thank you so much I love Sharon. it. Yeah, as we wrap up, share with us a little bit about what's what's going on at the Trillith Foundation. I'm really curious. This is where you're you're pouring your heart into right now. What's that? What's that looking like for you? What's the purpose behind yeah. that?
0: Yes, I love that you asked that. <laughs> so, um, our our shared purpose at Trillith is to inspire human flourishing. So flourishing is a word that is becoming more commonly used now. Mm-hmm. I would say that over the course of the past you know, 50 or so years, we've used different words. We've used health and fitness and wellness and well-being. Flourishing is where we are and where we're going for a bit. And the interesting thing between all of those former words and flourishing is you can do the former independently. Flourishing is when you bring your whole self mm-hmm. into community mm-hmm. with others. And I think yeah. that's what our culture and time needs now more than ever is connection and community so that we can truly be um, healthy and flourish. So our shared purpose is that. So what is Trillith? It's such a funny word. So Trillith is technically a gateway. So we um, uh, are a gateway towards inspiration. It is the largest movie studios now in North America. We just surpassed the size of Warner Brothers, which is crazy. And 10 years ago, Pasture. So Dan Mm -hmm. and Branda saw an opportunity when the tax credit came to Georgia for film. Mm -hmm. said, hey, let's build a few sound stages. And they did such an excellent job with it. The likes of Marvel and Sony and Apple brought their major productions to Georgia and to Trillith. And so we continued to build, or they at the time, continued to build more sound stages, built a town. There's about 2,500 residents. It is a creative space wonderland there is art mm. beautiful there's restaurants it is completely purpose-built it's amazing so the foundation is the philanthropic arm and our mission is to enrich the lives of the creatives who inspire the world so it's a long-term play to say if we can enrich the life of the culture shapers then wow. in turn, work they create will be more life-giving and enriching to the rest of the world so it's definitely a fun oh,
1: wow um, kind of thing. Yeah, I tell, love I it. I tell you what, Daryl, the next time we're in Atlanta, we're going to come hang out with you, Elizabeth. Okay.
2: Absolutely.
1: It's so, fun. Oh.
0: It's so
2: well, fun. This has been an amazing conversation. And Elizabeth, how can folks get more Elizabeth Dixon in their lives?
0: Yeah. ElizabethDixon.com. <laughs> Or on um, Instagram or LinkedIn. It's just at Elizabeth Dixon Speaks or backslash Elizabeth Dixon Speaks. Um, Both books have audibles. So if you really want a little little bit more Elizabeth Dixon in there, (laughs) take me on your (laughs) call. I narrated it and my kids and husband um, recorded my bio. So you get our whole family. Beautiful. And then um, my latest fun venture for all of the ladies out there and for the guys who want to surprise the ladies of their life with something fun slumbersleepwear.com. we just launched a sleepwear brand all right uh, starting with women and then we'll expand to men hopefully next year so that's a fun one to check out
2: too wow oh you're awesome yeah you're a true inspiration elizabeth thank you so much for sharing time with us today this has been incredible my
1: pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Wow. I what if Elizabeth was going to drop my pleasure? Of course.
2: And, and what an amazing, amazing conversation and such a timely conversation right now. I mean, this is a great time here in the month of January. Uh, maybe, maybe you're kind of past, you know, as this podcast is released, you're kind of past your New Year's resolution. Let's get down to the like really deep stuff now. <laughs> Let's get down to purpose and really asking that question. There's so much to think about. Here in terms of, I, I want to go back to bringing your purpose to your sales role rather than getting your purpose from it. Bringing it to your yep. leadership role rather than trying to draw a purpose from it. Life's going to be so much more uh, significant and enjoyable when we do that.
1: You know, and, and I, I, I sat here and as I was listening to Elizabeth, I had flashbacks of back into my twenties, and I go, man, if I could push the rewind. And just rewind back to my 20s and really uncover what my purpose was. And for that matter, even my why, what could have happened? I mean, obviously, I mean, now look at what's happening, but man, it's just so important to learn this at your younger age. Yeah. So dive in, grab a copy of
2: Elizabeth's book, The Strength of Purpose. You'll find it in the show notes. You're absolutely going to love it. And uh, we've got so much great stuff lined up here in the months to come. So make sure to like and subscribe. Thank you to everybody who is leaving a review for the podcast. It helps us build this movement. And Larry, I'm, I'm so excited. The Daily Dose of Inspiration comes out fresh every, every single day. morning. You'll want to get it. Sellingfromtheheart.net slash
1: daily. Yeah, no. Hey, and just before you wrap this up, there, there, there was something that Elizabeth said that just triggered a thought and it involves you is you know, when she was meeting with Mark Miller, you know, Mark yeah. saw something in her that she didn't see in, in Elizabeth. And the same thing, I just want to say thank you to you because this all came to be because of a conversation we all had a long time ago, Daryl, you know where I'm going with this is you believed in me, you saw something in me that I didn't see myself. So I just wanted to say thank you.
2: Uh You're welcome and back at you. And you know, this concept of flourishing, this is what's happening uh, when we do life together in community. So, so many more things to unpack around this. Thank you to everybody for joining us here this week. Until next time, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep building trust, discover the strength of purpose. And most of all, sell from the heart.
0: Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the Salescast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.